So anyways, um, I was actually kind of going to add on in regards to our last podcast. I was went home, told my daughter and my husband, hey, you're not going to guess what I saw today. I oh, saw an eyeful of Franks and beans. <laughs> and so Talia bursts out laughing. Of course, both of them rusted in bed. And of course, Talia being forever the baby you know always make room for Talia she squeezes in between me and her dad right so she's like oh my gosh there was it this gal and she shows me a picture of the same day of a naked lady running down in Phoenix right Except same person some, no it was a girl I saw I saw Franks and Beans there's no Franks and Beans <laughs> <laughs> well you know like all kinds of planets were in retrograde so you know you, I don't know what was happening were they running from the same scene <laughs> you know I just couldn't even tell you but Talia's showing it was this on her Twitter week. It, was it was real hot but I don't know about running in the streets naked hot but it was real hot um so she sends shows this to me on Twitter. Somebody put music to her running, and she was a, a, a thick girl. So you hear this music going as she's passing by, and I burst out laughing. I'm like, "Nope, that's not what I saw." But was it rock music? <laughs> I think it was Mexican music. <laughs> Oh my god! So I was right. That Rocky, she wasn't. She wasn't sitting there like ducking and stuff. She was just like running. She was jiggling. She was trying to be like that Bolero. What's her name? Oh my god! That movie Bolero. She had all the. Remember? Oh my god! She had the trenzas, the braids in her hair. Is it ten? Perfect ten. Oh yeah, yeah she's running down the the, the beach. Oh, and she's all bouncing. There you go, bouncing. She was doing that, but just not so eloquently. Oh my God. <laughs> eloquently, eloquent. She was just not boom, so sexy. Ba, ba, boom, Maybe she ba, thought ba. she was sexy. Girl, to each their own. I saw some guys. It's funny because you see the unmusic version, and some guys like, "Hey, girl, <laughs> she's running past him." I was dying. <laughs> wow. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So, any news for you since the last time we talked? Actually, today, um, I became became an auntie again. Um, really? Yeah, one of my <gasps> nieces. She just had, she had her that's baby. That's awesome. Yeah, so that's uh, five uh, great nephews now oh, on Albert's side. That's super sweet. He's adorable. He's oh. super adorable. I didn't see pictures. You got to post those up. Yeah, I'll have to. That, that was Shorty. Shorty's like, I don't want to leave, but let me out. <laughs> She's scratching at the door. Shorty um, likes to hang out with us while we do the podcast. She does on some occasions, but right now she's up against the door. So you know one of my biggest fears? Because every time I usually come over here, I have to run to the restroom. Right. So when I was really young, I'm not sure if I told the story already, but when I was really young, I was in at one of my cousin's weddings beautiful home beautiful place and um i was obviously very young so i go to the restroom they have the doors like yours what are they called inlets pocket doors sure so anyways, <laughs> sure we'll call them inlets we'll, we'll go with that so anyways i go into the restroom coat pee i can't get out i remember this because seriously i panic every time i see your pocket door as a grown-ass adult well, did, did that already happen to us in here we should get out that day <laughs> yes. i'm like ha 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 as I'm all sweating. 
this is not a big room. It's not good. <laughs> but I sit there and every time I go, I'm like, please let the store open. Please let the store open. Because I'm going to have like a like a flashback and be sitting there in the corner <laughs> in the fetal position crying my ass off. Be like, <laughs> door won't open. <laughs> and actually, when I when Mario had this room um, and we had all of my cousins and my aunts and everybody over... And the kids were all in here playing video games, and they had shut the door, and they locked themselves in. <gasps> no. So they had to come in through the window to save the kids that oh, were, no. like, in total panic, freak-out mode. I'm hoping your bougainvillea was much smaller then. It was. Oh, thank God. Because <laughs> they'd be all, they'd be mad. Not much smaller, but it <laughs> Not only you have to break in through your window, but they have all kinds of scratches on them. <laughs> Luckily, Mario's a skinny guy. No, oh, yeah, he's that is true, but I gotta <laughs> say, he's a sweetheart, though. Another thing I kind of wanted to mention up, I know we're eventually gonna get into this, but I was uh, a couple little things um, is that Talia decided she wanted to see Poltergeist. What? Oh my god, that's exactly why I said from the other room across the house. Did you watch it? And my house is not real big, no. <laughs> so. When we were younger, we always wanted to, you know, but right. being as we grew up, um, we weren't able to. So remember us, me, my cousin, uh, Joe, and his little brother, David, sneaking to the neighbor, the girl neighbor's house across the street. Right. And so we're over there because they have HBO because, you know, they had money. So <laughs> we were They were the there. rich ones. They were the, the rich, rich ones. They had HBO. <laughs> so we go across the street there. We think we're being all sly. Oh, we're going to go to her house. So on and so forth. Dude, it's like my aunt knew. Boom, banging on the door, like, <laughs> like, like we were in danger. It's like, what are you guys doing? You know, you're not supposed to be watching that movie. Yanks, all of us out there were all guilty walking down the street, <laughs> mortified. On top of that, right. she was not How even far did like. You get in? Girl, we got like what five minutes into the movie. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Our, she was she not the, well because they had told us already. We don't watch watching that movie. Okay. You know what I mean? Let them watch whatever they want to watch. We don't watch that movie. Right. So anyways, fast forward to now. So Talia's, you know, talking to her dad. And she's like, I think I want to see Poltergeist. Have you ever seen that, dad? And Sergio's like, yeah, I've seen that. And I'm like, from the other room, just don't watch it in my house. (laughs) And she's just like, what? And I'm like, no, I come out there. You know what? Really? Just don't watch that in my house. Fuck yeah, girl. I'm not playing games. You know how I feel about that sort of stuff? No. And Talia laughs. Like she thinks hilarious. I'm kidding. And I'm laughing. I'm like, ha, 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 ha. Go watch that your friend Jose's house. Please don't watch it in my house. Like on the real. Like on the real, real. Because. Meanwhile, no. back at Alma's house, we're having paranormal conversations about demonized dolls. <laughs> You brought up that talking and talking about the same. I don't know, girl. It's not the same. It's it's not. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> it's the same. But I was just like, just just don't watch that shit in my house. <laughs> just just find somewhere else to watch it, please. And she was just like shaking her head. And she thinks I'm crazy, but she better watch that in my house. So I'm not home. I want to know if I have some haunting up in my house. I'm gonna be like that little girl. There was a lot of like. Um, did you watch like? Yeah, the girl. There's, I told, that's what I told her. I said a lot of people died. Uh, there, there's a whole lot of things going on with that movie. They used real human remains and stuff like that in the pool part. And she's like, <laughs> "What?" And I'm just like, "Just don't watch it in my house." <laughs> yeah, a lot of people died. Yeah, it was a trip. 
I hear you, girl. I hear you. The little girl, she ended up passing away. Heather, what? I don't know. Someone's going to be screaming it on the other end, but it's Heather something. She was adorable. She was super cute. So anyways, um, a couple other things. Sorry. So I felt like a real oh big dumbass. Oh my God, you got like posty notes right there. I do because I randomly think of stuff, but when I get here, I forget. And I really just think I just erased all of these pictures. So anyways, I'm sitting there looking on Facebook and I'm like, ooh, because I just got into my house a couple years ago, as you know. And so I'm actually looking for things to, you know, to, because my, my pool, the cool deck in my pool is completely messed up. So I actually am looking for something to go around it. So initially I want a travertine, maybe some pavers. And so I look into this picture. I wish I had a pictures. I just deleted them all, though. Pictures on, on Wayfair. And it shows a beautiful pool with some really unique tile. And I'm like, oh, shit. Wayfair sells tile? And I was like, ooh, I gotta check that out. Clicking on it. Girl, I'm like, the hell is this? It was a it was a comforter. So that nice, pretty, pretty tile. I didn't read the description because, you know, I couldn't be bothered. You're like, click, <laughs> clickbait. And I looked at it and I'm like, why are they showing me a comforter? This picture was on the comforter to sell to you. And I'm like, I feel like I was baited and switched. And I look back and I'm like, oh, I guess it does say a comforter. I should probably read a little bit more. <laughs> That's how they get you. I'm telling you. Now that it's I've made up all the air, do you have anything else to say? <laughs> I'm like, <gasps> okay, now I can breathe. Breathe, this, breathe. This wine is good. It's not bad. So um, this is actually, it's another local wine. It's Arizona Angel Zimvendale Shiraz. Um, decided to pick it because what my story is, again, from Arizona. It's not the way it meant, was meant to be, but that's just the way it ended up being. So. Right. Do you want to go first today? Sure, because mine's always so dark. That we can end on a light note, but there I don't know go. that mine's any better, so. All right. Yeah, we have a listener story, so we'll have that for you later. Okay, and I actually have a funny story about a listener story, so I'll get when we get to the end of the, at the end of our program, <laughs> the end of our scheduled program, okay. um, I'll go ahead and tell it to you before you do your story, because mine's very short, not Uh-oh. as long-winded <laughs> as all this year. I cannot wait. Okay. So my story is about the Arizona serial shooter. By the way, I'm Yvette. And I'm Mama. And this is Tipsy Tales. And apparently, I'm not only tipsy, I'm a little caffeinated. She's super caffeinated. (laughs) Well, it's because I stopped drinking caffeine for like over a week. And so today, in my mad rush to get here, I just stopped off, broke down, bought a monster, drank like a third of it. And I swear, I felt like I drank three cans. (laughs) (laughs) My heart's all beaten. I'm just like... Is how why you're shaking like a fiend. <laughs> Give me more! <laughs> so yes, yes, yes. And yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Very yes, good, ma'am. very good, very good. Very good, very good, very good. Okay. So I am doing the serial shooter. Okay. And this, um, and it's an Arizona local story. So I kind of did bullet points. Um, I didn't have a whole lot of time to research it. But I did the best I can, so, um, and I, I got my, I had a couple different sources, AZ Central, um, Wikipedia, so a couple different ones, I can't remember the other ones for the life of me right now, I think Phoenix News Time I even quoted and looking at, so just to let you know, um, if it, I'm not, I don't claim to be perfect, but this is what I got. Hey, nothing here is perfect. <laughs> I think I need more wine, though. Oh, I'm sorry. We forgot to talk about wine. So, anyways. We did. <laughs> we oh, talked you about started. That? You started. Oh, no, I started, too. No, you didn't, you didn't finish. And, no, it's I did the not. caffeine. So, we have 
dun dun. Oh, you forgot to do the Ipanema song. Do, 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 do. Or do you want to introduce the wine and I'll do the do do do? Do do? No. <laughs> you don't want to. You're like, I don't do either. So suck That's it. That's a really cool bottle. I like the label on it. Okay, so um, this is a big, bright Phoenix flag, pretty much. And this winery is Arizona Angel. It's a Zinfandel Shiraz. Um, it's supposed to be a soft wine, um, smooth tannins, balanced fruits. Um, jammy blackberry while having a little bit of um, a hint of white pepper and ginger so this is an Arizona wine as mentioned so this is from Wilcox Arizona again not where my story is actually taking place but it's still Arizona support you know so I'm trying to see if I can taste pepper? the pepper let me see I don't really taste it it's white pepper though white pepper has a little bit different taste Yeah, destroy all side effects, all sound effects, side effects, no, sound effects. No, I'm going to keep them in. <laughs> oh my God. Oh. It's Friday, so it's we're, we're allowed to be silly. It's late. It's, <laughs> We've been up real early. <laughs> I'm good. Super early. <laughs> I know I read your text in the morning because I go to sleep so much early and so when I get it I'm probably waking up in the middle of the morning at five something trust you me up? you are not wake me up it's Albert I'm up okay <laughs> if you like we'll blame it on Albert he's always I, up no I wake up early on the weekdays uh-huh. I just don't get to work early on the weekdays. Girl, I wish I can do that it's a struggle. so I kind of just like putz around the house but that's the drink best, my though. coffee it's not over you're not like over anxious and running running no, running that's no. my morning all the time that, I mean it's a huge change from when the kids were small because we were always running around the house like somebody forgot a shoe, nobody could find their pants. <laughs> I can't imagine the kids like, Mom, I need pants. <laughs> well, just not the ones with the holes in the knee. <laughs> but now that, you know, everybody's older, Isaiah's moved out, Mario's like 21, Serena's almost there. It's nice. Oh, girl. It's super nice. Me. I hear you. I, have I don't one. miss those days at all. For anybody out there that's still going through that, the struggle is real. Props to you, man. There you go. Cheers. Cheers to you mamas out there. There you go. Doing everything because we know how that feels. Okay. So let me start again. I'm doing the serial shooter here in Arizona. I know there's a couple of them because apparently we have a lot of guns in Arizona. So. Okay, now. Yeah, so this is actually the one from 2005, um, 2006, and it kind of correlates with the same topic I was talking about last time, the um, baseline killer. So um, this was actually, the baseline killer crimes were actually happening during the same time this is happening. So I'm going to go ahead and just, I'm just going to go in. So, okay. Dive um, in. <laughs> So, um, okay, early May 30th, 2005, there was a report that a man was wounded. Um, the next day, there was also a report that a man was being was, had been shot while walking on the sidewalk. Um, another guy that same day was also shot. Um, there's the very little description in regards to a lot of these um, nameless victims. And they're not nameless, but there's just that I love info in regards to name. So I'm just kind of saying exactly what they're putting out there in case was it like people... on a busy road or just like random places or well a lot of these places a lot of these shootings actually take place in the Marybell area Tallison, Marybell or just randomly around um on the west side west side phoenix yeah so sometimes i think even in scottsdale as well so a little bit over everywhere so a lot of these things you have as a woman man wounded or uh, this man was shot on the on the on this side of walking on a sidewalk, another man was shot on this side. There's just a lot of different reports of people being shot, but the police actually didn't put this all together till to much, much later. 
on June 8, 2005, um, Paul Patrick, he's a 45-year-old Army veteran. He knew there's some shootings going on, um, but he needs some cigarettes. I mean, he could literally see his house from the store that he's going to. So as he's walking, he hears a big bang, doesn't realize it, but he's been actually shot. Um, in his stomach so he but the the wound is so big is he actually he is holding he's actually holding his entrails in his belly oh my as god or screaming okay so anyways a man across the way actually hears his mom actually hears him him screaming she calls her son says hey come out here look at this and so he looks outside and sees that people are actually going up there not to help him because he's screaming for help is actually looking at him and then looking away and this is, I want to say, what? around, I want to say this is probably around 75th Avenue in Indian School. I'm not quite sure because I kind of, it's people that are not from here are not going to know the exact street. So I didn't want to, I didn't feel the need to put that much detail. Right. So anyways, um, this man was named Saul Guerrero. So he actually saw people doing this. He ran out there to this man. And unfortunately, because this man didn't, um, this man being Paul Patrick, didn't know who was shooting him. All he does is he comes to and he sees this Hispanic man, you know, hovering over him with a gun. And so he tells this guy, he goes, just just make it fast. Saul Guerrero, who was that uh, Mexican man, he's actually uh, was in the Army National Guard, probably retiree, I believe, um, combat veteran of the Iraq War. Um, he actually has his gun and he's telling everybody pretty much stay away, calls 911, um, goes, gets his first aid kit, takes it over there, tries helping this guy keeping everything together until right. the ambulance gets there. Oh, wow. So, which I thought was, I mean, because you don't hear a whole lot of hero stories in regards to that. So, I just thought that was kind of nice to mention. I mean, how lucky was he that this guy was close by and he had all that stuff? Yeah, and he and the one of the comments that was made was that don't worry, no one's gonna hurt you. I, uh, you know, I got you. And little did they know, they didn't even know each other and realize that, you know. Anyways, as time keeps going, and you gotta realize is that Phoenix is not real big, but it's getting bigger, and so there's a lot of random shootings. So um, between let's see here, between June eleventh, two thousand five. Um, a woman was shot um, June 20th. Another man was shot sitting in a parking lot. That same day, another man was shot while walking. July 1st, another woman was just walking. Um, the same day, another man was shot behind a strip mall. Uh, July 3rd, a man was shot while pushing his bicycle on the sidewalk. June 8th, the victim was shot in the back of the head while walking. The same day, a man was shot in the torso while walking. And on July 22nd, another man was shot. So boom, boom, boom. Yeah, yeah so it's like... just, it's so, I think they're within the same vicinity, around the same areas. But because, again, we're a big town, they don't th- think the police just quite put two and two together quite right. yet. As all this is happening, like I said, we're having, we also have the baseline killer going on at the same time. Um, so all this is happening we having the same serial killer out as well. So they're not really quite matching up with everything. There's a stardust den here, I guess, in Phoenix. And two friends drinking. Sam Dietman, he was drunk. Um, he's actually talking to his friend Ron Horton. Um, the more drunk he gets, you know, the more he starts talking. Until he starts talking and starts saying he feels remorseful for a crime that him and his friend are doing. And eventually confesses to the shootings to his friend. On July 30th, um, there was another gal who was actually shot, a Robin Blasek, 22. She was walking around in Mesa. 
and the Ron Horton felt so horrible and kind of responsible for that for not telling the police right. earlier that he actually went immediately called I think the police. I saw this on like Forty Eight Hours. You might. have. I remember the story, but I mean, I I think I did see it on like Forty Eight Hours or something like that. Yeah, because he felt actually felt really really guilty because he felt like he probably could have prevented her death, but that you know he, he didn't really know if his friend was actually just talking out his ass or if he was just drunk or. You just never know. I mean, you can't imagine one of your friends actually telling you that and all of a sudden you're like, get out of here. Do you know what I mean? But until right. something like that actually happens. Right. So he went to the police. Um, he gave them um, Sam Dietman's cell phone number, which they started immediately tracing. And then he started giving them, the police some information in regards to his old roommate, um, Jeff Hausner. So they actually put um, their Jack, they actually put Jeff Hausner's apartment under surveillance mm-hmm. at this point in time because at this you know they have not caught a break forever I mean in all honesty without um, without Mr. Horton coming out coming up and telling well without Mr. Horton actually coming out and telling the police I'm not sure if they would have caught them as soon as they did right so they asked um, Mr. Horton to arrange to meet Sam Dietman for drinks. Um, August 1st, 2006, the task force staked out the Stardust Inn um, with undercover officers inside and outside. And and when the light blue Toyota Corolla had actually pulled up, which um, I'll go into with a little bit more of what's going on, that was one of the eyewitnesses saw the the car with a gun outside of it. So I think my notes are all mixed up, so I apologize (laughs) if it sounds a little bit rambled. It's okay. So I guess, so he's having, he's having drinks with his friend. They see this blue um, Toyota Camry pull in and it was actually Jeff Hausner bringing his friend Sam Dietman to that um, Stardust Inn to have drinks with his friend, Mr. Horton. Uh, the police officers ran the plates. The number came back as Dale Hausner, which is actually Jeff Hausner's younger brother. They fall, so he drops him off, the car gets up, takes off to Metro Center Mall because now they have... The information that uh, Mr. Horton actually gave him, the, the the eyes on the description of the car that one of the victims had mentioned, they um, go ahead and follow him. And what they do is when this, this guy's um, Jeff Hausner goes to Metro Center Mall, when he goes inside, the police put a GPS device system on the car so that way they can tail him. Meanwhile, Horton is actually inside with um, Sam Dietman. And they're hanging, talking, and I guess from what I understand, on one of the articles is that um, Mr. Horton was actually kind of nervous because, you know, he, you know how that is. I mean, you're, you're kind of, you're just, you're actually putting your, kind of throwing your friend under the bus. Right. Um, and I'm pretty well, sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> kinda, they've kinda, killed but people, at the same time, so it's for it's a good cause. It's not like you're just messing with some. I'm pretty sure, like most people. I mean, he, in all honesty, he, I mean, he actually did a. In a society where you hear that, you know, snitches get stitches or whatever the case may be, he actually, you know, sacrificed quite a bit to actually come up and actually say that. Um, not saying that's something that, not giving anybody props for something that they're supposed to do, but for at the same time, you know, I you still give him props for actually coming up and doing it because that couldn't have been an easy thing, especially knowing that that friend is killing people. What would ever stop him from killing him? Right. So I'm exactly. pretty sure that's the reason why exactly. he was kind of anxious and so on and so forth. So Demon actually asked for a ride to Wild Horse Pass Casino. So Horton nervously takes him over there and says, hey, no problem taking you over there, but can you find your own ride home? Because I, I have some stuff to do. He's like, yeah, yeah, no problem. So he ends up calling Jeff Hausner to come pick him up. While they're doing that, um, under pre- undercover police were actually there to kind of continue watching him, watch him go into the casino, watch him come out, talk to Jeff Hausner. Um, 
Then they left to his car, and then they stopped to open up the trunk. And when they opened up the trunk, it was to take a bag out that was about a length of a shotgun. So the police are actually witnessing all this at the same time. Instead of heading back to their apartment back in Mesa, um, they the Camry literally just wandered all around Chandler. Chandler, just everywhere. Wow. Um, there were, there's nine different surveillance vehicles following, including from the air. Uh, police officers then realized in absolute horror and shock that they were actually on the hunt looking for victims. So they would slow down when they'd pass somebody on a bike. Uh, they would make U-turns into neighborhoods that weren't leading really anywhere. They actually followed around for an hour and a half as they cruised. And they said it was like one of the worst nights in, in their law enforcement career because they, there's not a whole lot you can do with that. Right. If they pull out a gun and shoot somebody, they... They're not anywhere close enough to stop it, get in front of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that would be nerve-wracking. So they were just... And then as, and not only that, but another article that I had read, as they're passing some of these people on the street, because they're following them, they're, they're telling these people, get inside, get inside right now. And, you know, so they're kind of trying to do as much as they can, but without being suspected, obviously. They actually, on August 2nd, 2006, they requested an emergency wiretap, got a judge to do an emergency court order, um, they actually, let's see here, they bugged, they bugged Sam Dietmans and Jeff Hausner's um, apartment, the apartment next door, so that way they're able to hear some of the recordings. Um, and let's see here. And so... Wasn't his little girl there when they were, like, talking yes, about... Yes, girl, he sure was. So a little girl, yeah, there was a little girl there, and that's why they kind of, like, though it, and I'll get to that. <laughs> I'm like, I'm getting there, kind Sorry, of. I didn't I'm really like didn't, no, that's okay, in. but you know, it's a good thing you reminded me because it actually brings me into something that I did not have in my notes. So um, they actually bugged their house, and then they just could not believe what they were actually hearing. Looks like one of them was like, "Oh, you know, we're on the five. We're on the five a.m. news." Phoenix and Mesa police have now linked us to a shooting death of a young woman in Mesa. And which now brings their total to six. And again, I don't think the police have kind of linked everybody yet there. So Jeff Hausner's, Jeff Hausner's, um, it's high, it says it's higher than that, right? What about that guy that I shot on Twenty Seventh Avenue in in Northern or whatever the case may be? Oh wow, what a stroke of luck that right? they were like actually that the news came about on that. and they were like bragging about it and having conversations. I mean, that's I'm just I'm. Can you imagine what they must have been feeling hearing that thinking? Holy shit! These guys are so they're even, right. They're right next to them. Yeah, they're right the next to you, and they're hearing running everything. surveillance. Right? Yep, okay. pretty much. That I was, yeah. So, Amazing. anyways, um, so Sam actually continues to Sam Deepman actually continues to tell Hausner that the police are working with the feds in other states, looking at similar crimes and evidence. So, so Jeff Hausner, yeah, weren't they kind of cocky about it too? Like, yes, very, very cocky. Like Sam Hauser was like, "Oh, so we're being copycatted? Oh, we're pioneers, Sam. We're we're pioneers. We're leading the way for a better life for everybody, Sam." And you know, Jeff Hausner was talking about how he, you know, he had hated, he had hated um, transient people, homeless people, prostitutes. I mean, just a shitbag, both of them. So um, they actually talked about wanting to be the best serial killers ever. They joked around about recent murders of Robin Blasick and made cartoonish mocking voices and described what her actions were when he shot them. Oh my God. Isn't that awful? I was like, and when I read that, I sat there and kind of gasped. I'm like, God, you guys really are a bunch of shit tell me they bags. got the death penalty. Oh, we're getting there, babe. We're getting there. 
So um, uh, Jeff Hauser says, I love shooting people in the back. It's so much fun. That fucking old man I shot in the back and starts, you know, going in and telling how in descriptive form and what, what how he did that and how he planned that. And Sam, of course, you know, goes back with him saying, oh, my, it's my favorite thing, you know, when someone's walking away, it gives me a couple extra, extra seconds to actually aim. I have to worry about them looking at me. So Gross. the next night they actually made their arrest, um, made the arrest. And it's funny because you mentioned it because I don't have it in my notes, but I guess Sam Dietman actually, they caught pretty easily. He went out to like do something and they grabbed him. They didn't want to rush the apartment because they knew there was a little, there was a little kid there. Right. And I guess that for what I understand you, there was like jungle book in the background while they're surveilling him and so on and so forth. And even at one point they even um, heard the, I think it was a little girl if I remember correctly. It might not be, but um, that she actually told her dad, well, don't kill anybody tonight. And her dad was like, Oh my God. That's right. <laughs> I was like, so and she's like, he's like conversations worry, baby. with Don't, the little girl. That's like, what I'm saying. Well, my think it's well. There's a couple different things that actually get brought up. Both of them were smoking meth like crazy, and not that that even gives them any these shitbags any sort of excuse Ugh. to be able to do that because there's a lot of people on meth that don't go through fucking rapid serial shooting people. Do you know what I mean? So, anyway, so they actually wait for him to throw the trash, and then they go ahead and arrest him at that point in time so they don't scare the babies. Because I mean, our Phoenix police officers, you know, they, they did good. Yeah, you know what I mean. Jeff Hauser never admitted a thing, um, although they said he was clearly the mastermind, but. But Sam let it all spill out. He was, um, as soon as he was arrested, he told he police. He had nerves to steal. <laughs> well, he's the one who actually spilled the beans to begin with. So, but they also said that he wasn't the smartest and they actually challenged his mental capacities, but it didn't matter. Did they, Sam had actually said that him and Jeff were actually engaged in what they called, you know, random recreational violence. Um, essentially, they're pretty much playing video games in real time while smoking meth. When they said they even shot a man and they actually went back to look at the damage and the police were already investigating them. And so when they questioned um, Sam Dietman and Dale Hausner, not Dale, Jeff Hausner, they actually gave their names and then they made up stories in regards to what they had seen and heard. So the police let them go because how they didn't know any different at that time. Right. Um, there were When it came out into the courtroom testimony and I don't really want to go too much into detail because they say Jeff Houdner had this going on and that going on it doesn't matter people have lives people go through shit but right. nobody acts like an asshole and starts shooting people all over the exactly. place so fucking degenerates that's what I'm saying I mean I, yeah so they were saying that's that me deep Sam wow that, uh, 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 let's try that again let me have a little wine here wet my whistle wet your whistle can't whistle <laughs> okay so so anyways, uh, I guess at some point in time, Sam Dietman was having a hard time, ended up homeless, ended up living with Dale Hausner, which is Jeff Hausner's brother. Um, they lived in West, they lived in West Phoenix. So they were obviously, um, when they were looking to shoot people and they started shooting stuff, they actually did it somewhere where they were comfortable. I was um, wondering about that. Yeah. Um, so I guess whether well, the... Dale Hausner had introduced Sam to his other brother, Jeff Hausner, which is the one that they got convicted with. Um, they were they would start shoplifting booze. They would get drunk. Um, just all kinds of stupid shit. They, one of the guys they actually had shot, he was actually um, homeless. And I guess they were, they were trying to shoot his dog. Oh, my God. And so he threw a beer uh, at them, and he's like, to keep them from shooting his dog. Aww. And so um, he's like, which I thought was kind of funny, and I don't mean this to offend anybody, but I guess he threw beer at is what it read. It says he threw a beer um, to 
keep them from shooting his dog and called um, Jeff Hausner a Bill Clinton-looking motherfucker. (laughs) 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 Which I found hysterical. So... Anyways, I guess they grabbed the the he grabbed the twenty two rifle that they were actually using, pulled the trigger, but it actually misfired. So then he grabbed a four ten shotgun, according to Sam, and he and oh, I'm sorry, my bad. Rewind. Dale Hausner actually grabbed the twenty two, which is the brother. So all three of them must have been doing this thing at one time for for a couple of these murders, which I actually read. So um, Dale Hausner grabbed the twenty two rifle, went to pull the trigger, but misfired, and then grabbed the four ten shotgun and according to Sam Dietman um, Dale and Jeff argued on whether anybody could actually be killed with a, such a small gauge um, Dale Hausner fired anyways killing killing Mr. Chauffeur which is the homeless guy that was trying to protect his poor dog um, but Bastards. after they had a they actually had a big overnight shooting spree in late December 2005 and that's the one that I was actually mentioning I think Mike said my notes are all messed up here so um there was a point in time, there's a lot more victims than, than what I even just mentioned. Um, initially, it was, I think it was like a one person they shot, and it was just a, a guy who was, it was in Tolleson, I believe. He was like 20 years, 20 years old. I think his name was David Flores, and I'm just going off of memory. And he was honestly just going to work or walking to work or something like that. Very, very young, and they had shot and killed him. Then they started going to like the south, south side of Tolleson. And the only reason why I remember that is because I'm from those areas. And so... They have a lot of ranches and stuff like that um, right. because it's all kind of separated. And so they started killing horses. I think they killed like a couple horses. They killed like five or six dogs around that area. And so it was, seemed like it It pretty much stayed in the West Valley and it started, it started escalating little by little by little. So there was a point in time where um, I believe it's in late December where there was actually a shooting spree. And I wish I, I wish it would have printed what I needed it to print because... Um, it actually showed where you could see it just continuing to escalate. And um, in, in December, it actually, he, I think they killed like three or th- killed or shot like three separate people in this on December, on one date, like December 29th or something to that effect. Anyways, after that, after that shooting spree, they actually stopped completely for like five months. They just stopped. No shootings, no nothing. And so they said that Jeff Hausner got a job. Um, the brothers likely destroyed the twenty two rifle. And then five months later, back in May, the shooting started again. So a teenager named Kalib Tamadul was on his way to a convenience store to pick up milk for his mom. You know, like most kids do. We send our kids to the store all the time. Um, and they said that Jeff uh, fired, fired at him, knocking him down. Um, he jumped and shouted, and then they, as he jumped, so as he jumped and shouted, as he's being shot, that Sam um, Dietman and Jeff Howard just laughed, watching, just watching him. And they said that he, and when they're actually um, surveillance him, they actually talk about him, and that they're making fun of him like he was in some sort of Warner Brothers cartoon, what, what his reactions were from being fucking shot. Assholes. Then like Jeff, they have no empathy whatsoever. Like, it's well, fucking I mean, crazy. People I mean, that shoot at other people, of course not, but... Do you ever make fun of them? It, it, that has to be a special kind of evil. Do you know what I mean? So I guess Sam Hauser handed the shotgun to... I'm sorry, Sam Hausner. Jeff Hauser handed the shotgun to Deepman. He said, okay, it's your turn. So Claudia Guterres Cruz had just missed her bus connection as she tried to get home from work. Um, Hauser did a U-turn, um, gave the gun to Sam Deepman, um, and he sat there and shot, um, blew her off the sidewalk is what they said. She died later in that hospital. God. 
So a little bit later on, they're at the home. And again, I think this is part of all the surveillance information that they're getting, or even just the testimony from Sad and Deepman, because he gave it all up. He said that that next morning, it, um, that um, Dale Hausner, the brother, actually grabbed the morning newspaper and threw it on the kitchen table and said, hey, dude, you got your first murder of the year in Scottsdale. He says, I'm jealous. I'm like, what the fuck? Um, Dale, Dale Hausner, they said, was the mastermind of the serial shooters, but I don't think it was Dale. I actually think it was Jeff Hausner. So again, like I said, they finally arrested him. Um, during their trial, the, Jeff Hausner's attorneys tried to exclude him from the tapes. Tried to exclude him from the tapes for whatever reasoning they're using to exclude him. Didn't right. work. They were like, no, bullshit. We're using the tapes. Fuck you. So <laughs> <laughs> Good. That's what I'm saying. So at that point in time, um, Jeff Hausner actually attempts to commit suicide in jail. Doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Take him back to trial. I'm like, mm, could have saved us a lot of money on trial, exactly. but whatever. So uh, Sam Dietman, who had already confessed to everything, straight up pleaded, pleaded out. They said, okay, we're going to go ahead and do a plea bargain, but that does not exempt you from the death penalty, just to let you know. So it's like the police went over there and stuck it and then twisted a little bit, which I'm like, yeah. Too bad. So sad. Yes. Jeff Hausner was finally um, publicly identified as a participant in the serial shooter crimes. Um, police believe they had taken part. Um, they believe that Dale's um, older brother, I'm sorry, I said younger, um, had actually taken part in a lot of the shootings, but could never come up with enough evidence to actually charge the brother who was involved in some of this that Sam um, Deepman had actually mentioned. Are you serious? Yeah, but don't worry. He committed commi- okay, another crime real fast, okay, and he was in jail too. So, not that that makes anybody feel better, but it is what it is. So, anyways, while the witness who was who actually initially gave him up, Ron Horton, actually, while they're going through this tile, trial and stuff like that, he actually caught a, had a really bad bacterial infection and ended up dying before the trial actually began. So, I'm not sure if they just took his testimony. Hopefully, he kept it, were able to apply it, but I'm not sure how in the court. In lawyers and stuff, if they if they if you can't produce a witness, you can't kind of much take their statement anymore. So I'm not sure if that was part of it, but it seems like Sam gave, Sam Deepman gave it up all anyway. So I don't know if it really even mattered that they needed right. his testimony. It says Sam Deepman took the stand for three days. He admitted killing Claudia Gutierrez Cruz and being present when Hosner shot Robin Blasick. And it was really sad because I think it was the. Um, Arizona Central, actually, one of the um, journalists had actually been very involved with the police, the victims, and just trying to get the story at that time. And they said that she had actually, when they actually had seen her, she actually had this orange shirt on. And it said on a shirt, better luck next time. And it just reminded me of a very juvenile, just very young kid. And it just, it made me, not that none of them, not that all of them didn't make me sad, but it just painted a picture that I was just like, oh, that just, that's awful. so Jeff Hausner, on the other hand, denies, 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 denies everything. So he's the one that they think is the, the mastermind. mastermind. Yeah, okay. of course. He denies everything. But either way, it doesn't matter. They found him guilty. So, so actually, Jeff, they found him guilty, but they didn't charge him. They didn't find him guilty of all crimes because there were some of the um, crimes just didn't have enough evidence. But it didn't even matter. He was, he was guilty of two of the murders and five of the other crimes. They also found um, that Jeff Hausner was eligible, also eligible for the death penalty. So, yay, criminal justice system, right? Right. 
So during the um, so although um, Jeff Hausner actually apologized to the whole fa- to the families there, saying he didn't you know he didn't kill him, but I'm willing to accept the punishment, and I firmly believe to help the victims heal that it should be the death penalty. Um, after the jury already had for for read the death verdicts, and I'm just like, oh, what? <laughs> fuck off right that's what I'm saying I don't know if I could have held myself back had I been one of those family members it's like really you really think you're taking the high road we wouldn't be here if your stupid ass wasn't being an asshole so so benevolent oh girl you have no idea so anyway Sam Deepman eventually had his trial a month later um, the jury considered his testimony against um, Jeff Hausner and Dale Hausner and they spared his life but they did sentence him to life in prison with no ever chance of parole which I'm like thumbs up yeah so um, as they did the appeals um, Jeff Hausner actually had uh, didn't want to do any more appeals. They said, nope, I don't want to do any more appeals. Just sent me straight to death. I'm ready to die, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, being as a as a humane society, they continue to, to appeal. So he actually ended up um, offing himself on June 19, 2013 of a massive overdose. So um, although the victims didn't really get a lot of justice in regards to the courtroom and watching him die, hope I would hope painfully, but again, we live in a very humane society. Um, <laughs> yeah, we don't have to deal with him anymore. So that's that. We don't have to pay for him anymore. Nope. So that is a story of the serial shooters in a very condensed quick <laughs> that's okay. form. So I know we chewed up most of the air the beginning part of it, so, or beginning part of the podcast. So da da da. You started talking about it last week a little bit. Mm-hmm. You mentioned it. We're on episode five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's pour right. some more wine here. We deserve a toast, Alma. Okay, episode five. Yes. All right, so my story um, is not local. Okay, that's as fine. As we drink our local wine. As we drink our local wine, I actually uh, hesitated to do this one, but then decided to go along with my initial thought, because starting all over again would have just taken too much time. Well, so. it was a good story. I. I thought it was too. I just so much information. So if you guys really want any more information in regards to it, AZ Central, Phoenix New Times, all those have a lot more detailed information in regards to that. So by all means, have at it. So what's your story about today, this week, today, this week, today, this week? <laughs> I'm gonna go with today. Okay, let's do that. <laughs> Although it's uh, I don't know what midnight. No. <laughs> Oh, we're getting there. I took forever to get here, so I apologize. It's okay. It's okay. All right. So I was struggling with what I wanted to talk about this week. Okay. Um, I was trying to go with the local theme, but um, instead I went with this. Um, I wanted to do this a couple of weeks ago. Okay. And Albert put on a movie the other night. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to do this. All right. Sometimes that's where I get our, we get our best inspiration. Like, even though I was kind of looking at other stuff. Right. Nothing was really speaking to me. So I get it. I did the Winchester Mansion. No! I did. Yes! So I've loved this story forever and ever. Same. And then we watched the movie with Helen Mirren. I have not seen the movie, but that has actually been one of the few places I've wanted to go since I was about 15 years old. Really? Yeah, we actually I'm went surprised. To... Yeah, you know what? I'm Me too. <laughs> not my house. So. <laughs> so they can stay there. Exactly. No, we actually went to go um, visit um, my cousins out in Monterey, and we stayed there for a while. 
and they were talking about it like oh my god you guys have no idea um you gotta do this you gotta do that and they started explaining the Winchester mansion and I was like holy smokes I want to go there and which I in turn um as I had kids and got older mentioned it to Talia and Talia was just researching the hell out of it right so we actually gotta have her on one of these days because she's been a true crime fanatic since probably she was about 12 years old we'll do that all right so this sparked my memory about wanting to do this story a few weeks ago because my sister actually got engaged in front of the winchester mansion congratulations (laughs) selena yeah just a few weeks ago so um super excited about that girl i'd be super excited too i am she's my baby sister well i have another baby sister but she's she's my baby sister she's the youngest so she's the young yeah well, not the youngest, youngest. No, not the youngest, youngest, but the youngest girl, youngest. Yeah. Okay. Mm, no. Oh, no, no, you do have another sister. Yeah, My Laura. apologies. Yeah. Um, the Winchester Mansion. So All we right. were watching this the other day and the okay. movie with Helen Mirren. How was it, by the way? I mean... <laughs> It was all right. Okay. I, I love anything that Helen Mirren's in. Okay. I love her to death. She's a beautiful old, older she woman. Is, she is beautiful. Like I was saying, we watched the movie other, the okay. other night. A lot of a lot of um, cheap scares in okay. which every single one of them worked on me. I screamed every single time. Girl, I love them cheap scares. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. You know when her husband just roll their eyes every time? They're like, you knew that was coming. You're like, no. it still scared me a little Albert bit. Albert didn't roll his la- eyes. He just laughed. He, <laughs> he cracks up every, every time because he knows it's going to happen. He knows I'm going to scream. So Sarah Winchester, um, she was born Sarah Pardee in New Haven, Connecticut. Okay. Back to Connecticut. There you go. She was born to Leonard and Sarah Pardee. She was considered the belle of the city, and she was well-received at all social events, and that was thanks to her musical skills and her fluency in various foreign languages. Okay. She's all, she didn't hurt that she was also a looker. That's all four, four foot ten inches of her. Oh my God, she's tiny. Oh, yeah, that's right. Was, I did hear that she was tiny. She was a tiny sure little. Come around she was that. a shorty. Don't get mad at me, short people. <laughs> I love all my short people. I hear you. <laughs> all right. They're like, whatever. You guys are giants. Fee, five, four, four. I don't know how giant I am. I'm shrinking. Same. Struggle's real. It is super real. All right. So she um, ends up marrying William Wirt Winchester. Okay. WWW. WWW. William Wirt Winchester. William, that's a Say that. Twister. William Wirt Wirt? Wirt. What, what? I feel like wirt. a, I feel like a DJ. Wirt. 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 Hey, Wirt. Wirt. Wow. Okay. I've never man, heard that's that a mouthful. name. <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay. Um, he was the son of Oliver Winchester. Um, okay. In 1857, Oliver, William's dad, took the assets over of a firm that made um, the volcanic repeater. Okay. Is this a gun? Yep. Okay. It's a rifle that uh, used a lever mechanism to load bullets into the breech. Okay. Apparently, it was a huge improvement over the muzzle loading rifles. Oh, God. Can you imagine? No. <laughs> you get one bullet out. Hold on just a second. Girl, that's why they had knives at the end of all. <laughs> it took so long for them to uh, reload If somebody got close, you just turn the gun over and there just you go. stab Just the beat them like with the bat. And hope it didn't get stuck in that person. <laughs> then you pull out your axe and yeah, it was just a, a, str- a big now, mess. Now, that was a struggle ours were first world problem struggles that was a real struggle apparently 
1860, the company developed the Henry rifle, which had a tubular magazine located under the barrel. Um, because it was so easy to reload and could fire rapidly, the Henry was said to average one shot every three seconds, which was Holy a big smokes. deal. smokes. That is a big deal. Um, it became the first true repeating ri- rifle. Uh, as the company started to grow in prominence and they started getting government contracts, um, Oliver Winchester reorganized and renamed the company the Winchester Repeating Arms Company. So There you go. Little did he know that he was his brand was going to be around forever. Forever. Do you watch Supernatural? I don't. No? Uh, the same reason why I don't watch Poltergeist, but weird, because I did love the Vampire Diaries. Oh my god, I, th- I think you would... <laughs> Yeah, you're complicated. <laughs> I really am. I'm not gonna lie. I noticed. My husband's like, you would really love Supernatural. It's the same but better. And I'm just like, no, 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 no. You ain't seen Damien without a shirt. <laughs> Every time Talia piece passed by, she'd be like, damn, he's fine. No matter how many times I actually see him, I'm like, I know, right? He well, actually, you know how I went to go watch Fifty Shades of Grey? We actually thought he was going to be um, the main, I forgot his name, Dorian Gray uh, on there. Uh, he would have been perfect for that, but they decided to go with somebody else. Well, the two and, main characters on Supernatural are uh, Sam and Dean Winchester. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Apparently they're uh, relatives of the the Winchesters. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. That, that actually gives me... Incentive, maybe? Yeah. I think you would like it. It's a huge cult following. I love them. I love the show. I am. If if the title says demonic anything, I'm pretty much out. (laughs) I know. Don't don't judge me. I'm all kinds of weird. Oh my god, demonic anything. Pretty much. Like a vampire. Shoot, a vampire is pretty and it sparkles, especially when Damien is all glistening. Oh my God. <laughs> Again, the Vampire Diaries. If anybody ain't watched it, watch that shit. It is bomb. I'll take Sam and Dean any day. Mm-mm. You ain't seen my Vampire Diaries. No, I have. I've seen the guy. <laughs> really? He's cute. But he you ain't watched the show, though, right? No, I didn't really get into oh, girl, it. You gotta watch a show. <laughs> You're hilarious. It's a great show. I, I love bet it that is. show. All right, so back to the Winchester. Okay, here we go. Winchester. All right. While the country was right in the middle of the Civil War, Sarah and William were were married on September 30th, 1862. Uh, Four years later, Sarah gave birth to her daughter, Annie Pardee Winchester, on July 15th, 1866. And just a short time later, um, she contracted a disease or... Like TB or whatever? No, it was called marasmus. I've never heard of it. Really? I've never heard of that either. But it basically caused her body to w- waste away and it was something only children got really yeah i gotta look that up now yeah i didn't really look too much into it. i wanted to but yeah marasmus have you ever i don't know but i'm trying to steal a pen so that way you can look it up later <laughs> let me get that for you you're like bitch i'm trying to tell my story <laughs> <laughs> what is it on my what is it morasses well, not more asses <laughs> not molasses <laughs> Not more Not asses. More badunkadunk. More Marasmus. M-A-R-A-S-mus. Okay, so I was a couple consonants off. It's fine. It's fine. Okay, I'm sorry. Back to your story. Poor baby. Oh. You heard a couple of vowels off. <laughs> potato, potato. It's letters. Okay, Alma. never mind. Never mind. Okay, let me finish my story. All right. You're like, bitch, shut up. That's okay. That's what makes my stories funnier. 
because they're not it's hard to laugh like I sit here and I can't you I can't laugh can't. at my there's, I know there's no way like I can't I'm just sitting here like cringing at some of the stuff but anyways so back to Sarah okay by the way Helen Mirren she's she plays Sarah in the movie the older okay. Sarah so so they do do they do a whole historic no, it it's she's already it's more older. Later on in life. Yeah, okay. and it's and they take a lot of license, a whole lot of license privileges. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's all right. All right. It, I didn't hate it, but you wouldn't watch it again. I might. Okay. Ish. No, I'm not really good at watching movies over. What? No, I don't like watching movies over and over again. There's only so real. Okay. okay. So there's what, only okay, a few things that I like to watch over and over again, All and right, the girl, Princess your list. Bride is one of them. My sister's bride. The, no, Princess. Oh no, the Princess. We all bride. know this. We actually put this on, and Alma was repeating the words, and I was like, "There's a thing I didn't know about you." <laughs> it's one of my favorite movies. She got up, started pretending like she had a fake sword, and she was like, "Hello, my name is." <laughs> And I'm here to avenge my father. <laughs> Prepare to die. <laughs> Meanwhile, I feel like I'm the little bald guy with the list. <laughs> Inconceivable. <laughs> oh my god. I love that movie. I know you do, girl. <laughs> Alright, what's another next movie that you really you can watch over and over again? Um, The Titanic. Really? Yes. That's a long ass movie. I love that movie. I can't watch it over and over again. No? If I catch it on cable, I'll watch it because it's like halfway through, but yeah. Gladiator. I can watch <gasps> Ooh, that over That's and over. a good movie. I could probably watch that even though I haven't. Braveheart. Braveheart's good. Damn, I feel like my list is a bunch of big girl. <laughs> I can watch all the Star Wars, all the Indiana Jones. Lord of the Rings. Jaws. Lord of the Rings. I guess it's a long list. Huh. Girl, for me, top of my line, Pride and Prejudice with Kieran Lady the Night. Oh, yes. yes. I could watch that. that all day long. Yes. Second, Breakfast and Tiffany's. Breakfast at Tiffany's. I could watch that. I don't know what it is about that movie. I love it. One Rando, The Cutting Edge. I don't know what it is about that movie either. I could watch it all day long. All three Godfathers, all Star Wars, all Indiana Jones. Oh, yeah. Godfathers, Indiana Jones. Scarface. Did I say that one already? Scarface. Well, yeah. Yeah, there's there's just a bunch of girl. There's also just a bunch of just random. There's girl a lot movies. of stuff that comes out now that I remember we like bought the DVD for, and I never watched them again. Like I was just, I can't. No, girl, I hear you. I feel that same there's way. Some things I just like. Mm, there's another once. movie that I love to watch too. Actually, I can't remember for life. We had like had like Jennifer Garner, Timothy Oliphant, because I could watch him all and everything. Oh, I just watched it the other I day. I love that movie. I could watch that over and yes, over God, and over what the and hell over is the name again. Of that movie? It is called. Something about fishing, something. Yes, Kevin or... Smith is in it. Yes, and so I could watch that all day long. Where the fiance too. passes mm-hmm. away. Becoming Jane is another one of my favorites. Have you seen Becoming Jane, girl? I have a DVD. I will let you borrow that. Who's in it? It's Anne Hathaway. Oh, and it's my man. Oh, my man, my man, but I don't know his name. Um, oh my God, he was in Wanted. He's a young Professor X. Oh, I think I did watch that. James McAvoy. Yeah. Love that movie. I did watch it. Makes that me one. cry all the time. And my new favorite girl, I've watched about 17 times Coco. Coco, Coco, Coco. <laughs> I will watch that. It's cute. I love the soundtrack. The soundtrack is adorable. I love Coco. <laughs> I, don't want it. I love it. I'll put it on randomly by myself and I cry Even all the time. Even when the grandbabies aren't there. Girl, the Nana's all like talking. Oh, she, then she dies and I'm just like, oops, spoiler, sorry. We already watched it. But I, I will cry every time. I hear you. I don't know how we got off of talking. I'm sorry. Okay. Off That's talking. what we do. That's what we do. All right. Mary. So we're Sarah. Sarah. Murin. 
plays her in the movie. Jesus, Joseph, and Mary. <laughs> okay. So they got married. And then they lost their baby. And then not too long after that, well, actually, she, like, for about a 10-year period, she, like, teeters on the edge of madness because she just can't get over the death of her baby. Can you imagine, girl? I no. feel her. I, I would be the same way. They end up moving back home. William ends up um, contracting pulmonary pulmonary tuberculosis oh, and he girl. dies on March 7th 1881. And back in those days girl that was not the business. So she this woman is just like she's lost her baby she's, she's lost, lost her, her husband, husband. Love of her life I'm sure. Yeah she's just like taken over with grief and um, a friend of hers tells her that she should go see consult a spiritualist and okay. she does she takes her friends up well I can, I can only imagine just for the sake of comfort because I know that the mediums actually were hitting close was it around the 1800s yeah it was mediums it, were a bit actually big... in that during that time it's okay. when they were like really super popular right um, I mean, losing your husband, losing your baby, I can just imagine any sort of comfort or knowing that they're still alive and even in a different, even afterworld of sorts, like, yeah. Right. So I don't, I don't know about this guy's like actual abilities or anything, but he basically um, channels her husband. Okay. I don't know how much of this is just legend or what, but like I found this, it's actually in quotes, so I don't know if he actually said this to her or what well a lot of those mediums actually ended up being debunked a little bit later so right. i mean you have to kind of take any of those mediums with a grain of salt because right. if even if there was a true medium you're never going to know one way or the other right she basically he, this guy ends up channeling her husband and or well he what he tells her he says your husband is here the medium tells her and then went on to provide a description of william winchester he says for me to tell you that there's a curse upon your family which took the life of he and your child it will soon take you too it is a curse that has resulted from the terrible weapon created by the winchester family thousands of persons have died because of it and their spirits are now seeking vengeance and i actually remember reading that part like what you just mentioned i actually remember reading about that part i'm thinking holy shit are you an asshole or are you right really like in the state of mind or, that she already like, was in exactly it's like for like me she's I, think, in grief. I think i'm, I'm done i think i'm done thank right. you open the door he tells her that she has to sell her property in new haven and head towards the setting sun give him part of her money Probably. <laughs> um, she would be guided by her husband, and when she found her new home in the West, she would recognize it. Said, you must start a new life and build a home for yourself and the, and for the spirits who have fallen from this terrible weapon, too. Um, you can never stop building the house. If you continue building, you will live. If you stop, you will die. Can you imagine? So I basically... That house was being built for 38 straight fucking years. Yes, girl. I remember they were talking it being in constant construction. Constant. Can you imagine? They kind of like... In the background on the movie, you can just always hear the hammers going, like hitting nails. Like you really? can just hear the construction. Nice, I think that's a very good detail having something without coming out and just saying it right or did they say it in the movie well yeah kind they alluded of, sort to of, it yeah okay. they alluded to it but this curse was like Supposedly, a big part of the movie okay so like he said if you stop building you'll die so she left new haven and headed for california in 1884, she purchased an unfinished farmhouse in the Santa Clara Valley and began building her mansion. So this is 1884. Okay. Carpenters were hired and worked on the house day and night until it became a seven-story mansion. Holy smokes. She didn't use an architect, 
and added onto the building in a haphazard fashion. Oh, I'm sure. I think I've seen actually pictures of that, of the original one. Right. So apparently she had a room that she went up into. It was the seance room. Mm -hmm. And she would go up there at midnight every night and to the spirits and they would she would like literally like write yes. out the plans I, I find it that, so strange that i want to go there but that scares the bejesus out of me yeah <laughs> like whatever comes in my pocket <laughs> in the movie they have her like it's almost like she's doing automatic writing okay this guy's like spying on her and she's just like like in a trance like not, writing, yeah kind yeah. of almost like in a trance and she's drawing out plans very detailed plans as the house grew it included 26 rooms Railroad cars were switched onto nearby a nearby line to bring building materials and imported furnishings to the house. Um, the house was rap- rapidly growing and expanding while Sarah claimed to have no master plan for the structure. She met each morning with her foreman and they would go over her hand-sketched plans for the day's work. So Holy literally shit. day by day. <laughs> She's like, what's this? It's a box. And what's that? It's a door. Does it have a roof? Not today. Not today. <laughs> so weird. Like there was like windows where windows didn't belong. There was like, oh my god, there was staircases that staircases led to nowhere. Staircases that led to nowhere, and the um the ceiling. We're and she was short. tiny, so she was a very um diminutive woman. So like for her, it was probably like a comfortable size. But if you were a tall person trying to walk through there, or a normal sized person, it wasn't the business. She was like five ten, right? Yeah, four ten. Four. 410. Okay. Has I put my hand right here. <laughs> she was tiny. What is the actual definition of little person? Isn't it under? I thought it was under like, I thought it was 410 and under. Well, 411 and under. I have no idea. I I'm just talking shit. So anyways, go on. No, I really thought it was like 410 and under. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I have no idea. The only reason why is because I have a beautiful daughter-in-law who's not as tall as the giants that she, family that she married into. The giants you birthed? Pretty much. So anyways, so Little Sergio thought it'd be funny to actually find out that definition. And then he would laugh and say, look, Jazz, blah, 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 blah. Well, he wouldn't laugh, but he would just kind of tease her about it. Oh, he would laugh. Matter. Yeah, he would laugh a little bit. <laughs> and then even like for for Eastmas, um, which is a total made-up holiday that we made up with our family because we don't celebrate Christmas. Don't ask why. It's a long story. But anyways. <laughs> which would explain why she's so, so freaked out freaked by out. scary so anyways, movies. What my husband did, because what we do is we combine Easter and Christmas and we made Eastmas. And so during Christmas time, not on Christmas, we hide gifts around the house and so my husband thought it'd be funny to stick it on the on a super high pedestal her last gift because we give the kids the number of gifts that they have she couldn't find it she was wandering the house forever (laughs) while big Churchill laughed and laughed and laughed wow (laughs) we thought it was pretty funny she was like her expression was exactly that she looked at my husband with a straight out face and she was like wow wow (laughs) she's like get that for me she tells my son and he just like reaches his hand up. He laughed. All right. So All right, back. I'm sorry. Back to the story. Hand sketched architecture. Right. Okay. So every morning. The plans were often. Ca- okay. So I told you that like they would go over these hand sketched plans mm-hmm. um, every morning. And the plans were often chaotic, but showed a real flair for building. Sometimes, though, they would not work out the right way. But Sarah always had a quick solution. And if this happened, they would just build another room around the existing one. She MacGyvered it? Much. (laughs) 
Tara Winchester was the MacGyver of the late of 1800s. The times. Before 1906, the 1906 earthquake, the house had been seven stories high, um, but today it's only four stories. So yeah, that was a like, major earthquake in California at the turn of the century. Um, the house is predominantly made of redwood, as Mrs. Winchester preferred the wood. However, she disliked the look of it. Really? Yeah. So she paint all over. So she it? preferred it, but she didn't like the look of it. So therefore, she demanded okay. that a faux grain and stain be applied. This is why almost all the wood in the home is covered. Wow, that is interesting. We gotta ask weird? Lena about that. Yeah, I definitely and her ask. new. Fiance. I haven't even got. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, we're gonna meet with them next week. Yay! Yeah, I haven't even got to like touch base with her about her visit there, and they're in Las Vegas. Vegas this week. Did I even tell you like what she inherited? No, I have heard of that before, but go ahead. Okay. So this is what she inherited after her husband passed away. Okay. She inherited more than twenty point five million, which in eighteen something like that would be what today? The equivalent is like five hundred and twenty million. Wow. That was in uh two thousand seventeen. I don't know why I thought that would be more. I thought it would be close to a billion. Well no. Okay. So that's what she inherited. Oh. She also received nearly 50% ownership of the Winchester Repeating Arms Company, um, given her, her an income of roughly $1,000 per day Damn. back then, which in those days was not taxable. No, girl, because like Levi's cost 75 cents. I remember that in social studies class. <laughs> right. But none of this, this was thousand dollars a day and it none of it was taxed so she got Holy the full thousand and the equivalent how did she today get is twenty five thousand dollars a day oh what yeah imagine Holy having an allowance shit. of twenty five thousand dollars a day Ooh, i wish <laughs> okay so yeah i had to get that out of the way Ooh. all right so um remember when you painted your house uh-huh how many gallons that took yes it was painting sad. this place 20,500 gallons of paint. Holy shit. My house took like, what was it? Eight gal, eight. No, I'm sorry. It took 40 gallons and I was like real upset because I didn't expect those extra 15 gallons, but still. Damn. Just as soon as you're finished painting it, you have to start over again. No shit, huh? It's like, oh, we're done. Oh, it's fading. You just keep making the circle. Right. Now, would that be considered construction though? I don't know. I have no idea. Hmm. Okay. I don't know. I don't know what the rules are. <laughs> I don't know what the rules are. Why don't you bring a seance are. and make sure that a medium comes back and just says, hey, Does this just, apply? Just is this considered construction? Is this considered uh, construction? All right. There are roughly 161 rooms, including 40 bedrooms, two ballrooms, one completed and one unfinished, as wow. well as 47 fireplaces. Holy shit. I oh. would love to see those ballrooms. I know. We have to go. I am fascinated with ballrooms. Over 10,000 panes of glass. Wow. Can you imagine? Wow. Girl, I'm still fixated on that ballroom. Right? I want a ballroom. I don't know for what, but I want a ballroom. Big old chandelier. Or two or three. Like 18. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So it also had 17 chimneys. Holy shit. And there's evidence of two others. So how many, okay. So how many fireplaces, how many chimneys? 47 fireplaces. 17 chimneys. How does that work? I'm not quite sure how I that bet works you anything. Out. Okay, go ahead. I'll keep going. There was probably some way that they were. You know what? I bet like you they were flu. stacked on top of each yeah. other in some of the rooms. So I bet you just oh, went yeah. to the top. This is true. 17 chimneys with evidence of two others, two basements, and three elevators. Two basements? Yeah. 
Three elevators? Three elevators. Yeah, yeah. Um, Weren't the- those like super small too, the elevators? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I'm like, it was a little box. Don't worry. That's <laughs> all right. Don't... It's okay. It's okay. All right. Um, the property was about 162 acres at um, one time. Okay. But the state has since been reduced to 4.5 acres, and that's just the minimum minimum necessary to accommodate um, the building. The yeah. And the nearby outbuildings. It had gold and... I know you... Here's your favorite. Gold and silver chandeliers, oh. hand inlaid parquet floors and trim. Love and a, it. And a vast array of colors and materials. Oh, girl, you're speaking my language. Mm. I love me some chandeliers. And she had the I best of everything. Stuff. The best of everything. Well, and I like, can imagine twenty twenty five thousand dollars. How many chandeliers would be in my house for twenty five? I would buy a house of chandelier. I would buy a house to put chandeliers everywhere. What? $25,000 a day. Girl, I buy nice fancy ones too. I can't even imagine having $25,000. I'm going to sit here fantasize <laughs> about have tw- having $25,000 a day. You know, I just might continuously build a house for 30 something years. No, girl, not me. Travel. I got to say, I thought about this a long time because I drive over a or past a lotto billboard every day. And as soon as I took care of the majority of my family and obviously my friends, I would actually start putting away for future generations. I'd be like, you get this XYZ amount of money when you um, finish college, and then XY percent of your income goes for the next generation. What else? Chandeliers. Girl, for hell yeah. First thing I'd have, chandeliers and impalas. After I take care of my family, we'd be doing nothing but traveling for the rest of our life. Girl, I wouldn't live that long. (laughs) I'd be boozing it up, I'd be traveling. But we'd have a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> we'd, we'd finally go to Scotland. Oh, girl. We'd be there forever. <laughs> All right. It was obvious that Sarah was intrigued by the number 13 as okay. well. Uh, nearly all the windows contained 13 panes of glass. The walls had 13 panels. The greenhouse had 13 cupolas. Really? Many of the wooden floors contained 13 sections. Some of the rooms had 13 windows in every... And every staircase case had but one had 13 steps. Really? Yeah, she was obsessed. This exception is unique in its own right. It is a winding staircase with 42 steps, which would normally be enough to take a climber up three stories. But in this case, however, the steps only rise nine feet because each step is only two inches high. Oh my God. And not because she was a shorty. It was because she had arthritis and it was hard for her to get around. So she had these special easy riser staircases made. Okay. And they kind of were, they were like switchback stairs. Okay. So they would like kind of like go like this, this, and like it it just took forever for these. You have they, to so they them. would go on like in a circular pattern. Yeah. But like very long wise. So yeah. that way she could actually, it wouldn't feel like a step. Right. No. Okay. So that, that helped her get around. The home itself is built using a floating foundation that is believed to have saved it from the total collapse in the 1906 earthquake and the 1989 Loma Prieta earthquake the type of construction allows the home to shift freely as it is not completely attached to its brick base i wonder whose idea that was holy shit but damn that was a good idea <laughs> it was the spirits <laughs> holding it up on their back but not yeah, these kind of spirits that were drinking 
But that's fine. All right. Before this, the home had reached a towering seven stories. And I think I mentioned that before. Yeah, that the earthquake actually dropped it down down to four. Yeah. So now what you see, you only see the floor. But at one point, it was seven stories. Okay. When it was all over, portions of the Winchester, the earthquake, portions of the Winchester mansion were nearly in ruins. The top three floors of the house had collapsed into the gardens and would never be rebuilt. In addition, the fireplace that was uh, located in the daisy room where Mrs. Winchester was sleeping on the night of the earthquake collapsed, shifting the room and trapping Sarah inside. Oh, shit. She became convinced that the earthquake had been a sign from the spirits who were furious that she had nearly completed the house. In order to ensure the house would never be finished, she decided to board up the front 30 rooms of the mansion so that the construction never be complete there you go that's cheating i agree but still it's construction (laughs) all right and also so that the spirits who fell when portions of the house collapsed would be trapped inside forever oh that's a better reason i'll go with that one bizarre okay the mansion also had um gold and silver chandeliers i think i read that yeah you did i got all happy and excited for that that's my copy and paste (laughs) i copy and paste it again all right, there was only one working toilet for the Winchester. Holy mansion. shit! Can you imagine she had a party and had people there? It was one like one toilet. Work- I don't know if you've seen this. You've seen like it's a sprawling one working toilet, but all the other restrooms were decoys to confuse the spirits. So if the spirits needed to go to the bathroom, they were confused as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Wandering like, around. The hell. <laughs> wait, wait, what are the other one? The hell? I don't know, man. That would piss me uh, off. How does that work? That would antagonize the fuck out of me if I was a ghost. I'd be like, boo, bitch, you fucking messed me up at my restroom. But then I guess ghosts don't have restrooms, huh? I learned that in Coco. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Um, there were also three elevators, including an Otis Electric, and one of which was powered by the rare horizontal hydraulic elevator piston. Most elevator pistons are vertical to save space, but Winchester preferred the improved functionality of the horizontal configuration. There you go. All right. Many of the stained glass windows were created by the Tiffany Company. Yes. Um, some were designed specifically for her and others by her, by her, including a spider web window that featured her favorite, <gasps> favorite web design and the repetition of the number 13. Girl, I want to go to that mansion to see that window. There was, there was if I see that one window, them. I'd be happy as hell. Can you imagine? This is what making $25,000 a day looks you like. You're like, Tiffany, come here. I need to customize a window. <laughs> one of the windows was designed by Tiffany himself. Fuck. Yeah. But you got to realize, especially back in those days, Tiffany was like the golden standard. Right. Which, you know what, in all honesty, their jewelry still is, so. Um, This window was never installed, but exists in the so-called $25,000 storage room. So, like, I guess, like, all the stuff in the storage room was appraised at $25,000. That's why they call it the $25,000 storage room. When was this appraised, though? It was probably, like, $25 million at this point, because, you know, a Tiffany window like that goes for a shit I can't even imagine. All right, so the second window was designed by Tiffany himself so that when sunlight strikes the prismatic crystals in a a rainbow is cast across the room. However, 
It's this like feature is completely wasted on this window because the don't window tell was, me don't tell me the sun don't hit it not at all ah! the window was installed in an interior wall in a room with no light exposure preventing the effect from being seen no pointless completely oh, pointless you're killing me a beautiful window like that yes craft can you imagine the crafting on that the perfection on that i'll never see sunlight that is damn well really all fun. this seems like madness to okay. us which yeah uh-huh. fucking crazy it all made sense to sarah in this way she could control the spirits who came to the house for evil purposes or who were outlaws or vengeful people in their past life so maybe the prisms in some sort of way, I'm just going to totally don't say this so that way I don't really think like, my God, you just wasted a beautiful window. But maybe the prism in some sort of way itself confused it, maybe? Confused spirits that were angry about gun use? Okay. Let's go with that. Let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, these bad men killed by Winchester rifles could wreak havoc on Sarah's life, apparently. Um, the house had been di- designed into a maze to confuse and discourage the bad spirits. When Winchester died in her bed at the ripe old age of 83. Damn. So What year was this? So much for that curse, right? No shit. Well, uh, she September was 4th, 1922. Wow. All of her possessions, apart from the house, were bequeathed to her niece, Frances Marriott. Who Marriott, was like Marriott Hotels? Yeah. I, I wrote that down and I meant to look it up, but yeah, I guess that's something to look up. By somebody else, but not her, us, right? Yeah, not us. Not, not us right now. I can barely read this. <laughs> Frances Marriott, who not only was her niece, but her personal secretary. Um, her niece then took everything she wanted and sold the rest in a private auction. It supposedly took six, six trucks working eight hours a day for six weeks to remove all of the furniture wow. from that house. Can you imagine the fucking furniture, girl? You know I love me vintage shit and antiques like with a passion oh my god i'd be salivating at the mouth looking at them six trucks oh working eight hours a day oh for six weeks to take all that shit out of there i wonder where it went everywhere i bet i guess this account was disputed by by winchester's biographer um mrs winchester made no mention of the mansion in her will, and appraisers considered the house worthless due to damage caused by the earthquake. The unfinished design and the impractical, impractical nature of its construction, it was sold at auction to a local investor for over $135,000. No! Yeah. <gasps> well, what year, though? It was right around the time that... So about like, the 20s? Yeah. So even $124,000 in the 20s is still probably, what, a million dollars now? Yeah, but she'd put, at this point, she'd put millions of dollars into this house. No, and I totally get that. But again, at the same time, even though she was never going to get that money back because that wasn't her purpose in continuing to build a house, that's still a hefty sum for a house that somebody figured was not really livable, right? Right. I mean, as big as it was, as many rooms as it had, even with all the chandeliers and the windows. Oh, no, they took all that, though. No. Okay. No, no, those things stayed. So the furnishings, anything that was movable. Yeah. Um, It was subsequently leased for 10 years to uh, John and Mamie Brown, who eventually purchased the property. So they leased it, and then they bought it. In February 1923, five months after Winchester's death, the house was open to the public with main 
Brown serving as the first tour guide. All right, so a few weird factoids. I so can you imagine the people who bought it went in there was like, holy shit, this is a fucking trip. I can't imagine they're probably like, yeah, we needed tours. Because imagine people passing by it, although initially it was like 100 some odd acres and shrunk down to four. Right. You know her building on it, people probably with it, you know, um, from mouth to mouth just talking about the weirdness of this place. I bet you people are probably dying to visit that place. Right. No, I mean, and not just the construction, but a lot of the features that she had in there um, were like for that time period. Right. They were, like, very innovative. Um, she had, like, a system of, like, tubes okay. from th- that went through the whole that. house. Okay. And anybody could communicate with her and try and figure out where she was. Yeah, because there was no sort of way for it to be able to tell in right. this house. And then if I remember correctly, and I don't mean to be stepping on your story, but they also did mention, like, the staircases that led to nowhere, right? Right. Which I also, because people were all like, oh, it was too confused a ghost, is what I had initially heard when I was right. really young when they were first telling me about the I mean, the they Winchester literally, mentioned. like, go up into the ceiling. It's like you're walking up these stairs and they just, like, stop at the ceiling. So, Makes absolutely no sense. And see, that's what I, I remember listening to that. I found that fascinating. But then I actually, looking at, you know, doing my own research, because, again, I was somewhat fascinated with it. They also said that those staircases all, all, could have also have gone to the the additional stories that were actually, that actually collapsed during the earthquake. Maybe. So, I mean, I like to believe the first story more, but the second one seems more I didn't probable. find that. I didn't. Hmm. Alright, so weird factoids. There's doors and windows that lead to nowhere. Which There's I just one mentioned. door that like just opens out. It's like on like one of the second or third story and it just opens up to the outside. Yeah, it's like and an like, immediate drop, yeah. right? And even in the house, there's doors that just lead to nowhere. See, and that's again kind of makes me wonder what I mean because again I'm the cynic one. I'm on, you know I'm kind of makes me wonder in regards to was that part of another was that part of a different construction in the house that was actually completely torn down because of the earthquake? I don't think so. No. Okay. I don't think so because I think somebody would have already been like, okay, well maybe this is why this door is here because there was a room here. Right. But like they said, like she didn't work with any sort of architect or anything like that. Yeah. Maybe her plans were to build on top of it or was it really just to kind of confuse that, the ghost? That was her MacGyver shit. There you go. Shoot. Like, oh, the door doesn't go anywhere. Well, girl, if I had $25,000 a day, I may make a house like that just for the fuck of it. I thought about having like secret rooms. Oh, like yes. Having a house with secret rooms. Definitely. I definitely would do that. Oh, yeah. Like a secret library. I was thinking more of a panic room, but sure, library sounds... Oh, girl, I would have me a secret room. No, I would have a secret library. That would be awesome. And also a secret garden. I, I don't would know have about a panic room. room. I think Trisha would have a secret cigar room, but I think I would just have a secret panic room and maybe just passageway through the house so I could freak people out. Yeah, we'll go with that. So you could be a creeper and have like little, the little, little sliding light. window this <laughs> with, little the little sliding with the sliding eyes. No, you know. <laughs> Scooby-Doo with the pictures. <laughs> Maybe in the library. You're like, you're not supposed to be doing that in my library. Because I'd have a little trouble library too. Honestly, I'd probably have a place to put all my old school, old lady things that I love. That circles like not another antique. You'd have that special room? I would have a special house. Hidden away that Sergio could never find? <laughs> no, he'd find it. He would just roll his eyes and be like, I don't care. Put like, it in just, a different house. <laughs> just All make right, sure baby. I can't find it. <laughs> All right. So, like I said, 
Okay. Doors and windows okay. that led to nowhere were a common occurrence in the house, but perhaps the most chilling of them is located on the second floor. This is when I was telling you about it, where there is one particular door that opens directly outside to a two-story drop. So a door to nowhere. And it literally says a door to nowhere. Do you have you seen pictures of that? Yeah. I, I was oh yeah, like, I saw oh, tons that of pictures. Scares me. Because according to legend, Sarah carried the only key to her beloved seance room where she would commune nightly with the spirits in order to receive new instructions for designing her house. However, the spookiest part of the room is that it has only one entrance but three exits. Which oh, shit, that's strange. I, I don't get that. Anyways, one entrance, three exits. Maybe she wants to know who's coming in, but she needs to escape. She can bolt. So one of these exits is even through a closet. Once, once you've left, the door's shut behind you and you can't get back in. Oh, no. That sounds amazing. <laughs> it says, uh, one of the eeriest qualities of the mansion is the completely topsy-turvy nature, which we were talking about, yeah. of the design. And there are cabinets and doors that open up into walls. Balconies and windows are found indoors. And some floors even have skylights. Other Alice in Wonderland-esque features include linen closet the size of a small apartment next to a cupboard less than an inch deep. Oh my god. <laughs> weird. Just weird shit. And then one room with a normal sized door next to a child sized one. That's a trip. But she was kind of child sized, so is it child sized? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was kind of. There are a total of 40 stair- staircases, I think we talked about that before, located okay. throughout the Winchester house. And one set of stairs, for reasons unknown, goes straight into the ceiling. And we talked okay. about that. And then um, it mentioned in one of these websites that on the show Ghost Adventures, uh, have you ever, you don't watch any of that. No. I don't watch With Zach guys. Baggins, you never Girl, watch that. No, I like see that, and I like I like flash the channels as quickly as I can past it. Because well, you're no. not missing anything because he's totally ridiculous. Even though I've probably watched every single one of them, because <laughs> I'm obsessed with this stuff. Um, they caught a small green thumb on camera at the okay. base of these stairs, which appeared to thumb a ride. And I think I remember this episode. Okay. What? Like. Like hike, okay. hitchhiking, like thumbing a ride. Okay. Yeah, it like just pops out and is just like... A real thumb? Well, it's an apparition of a thumb. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what did I miss? How much did I drink? Holy shit, there's dead body parts up in this place. I can't go there no more. A real thumb? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was, I, lost, I was thinking ghost hunters. Oh I was like, hey, I need a pour of my wine. Like, Mark, was that your thumb? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Whole other story. Okay, we won't get into that. No. All right, so let's get into some of the um, the hauntings in here. Okay. Um, just briefly, in the years that the house has been open to the public, employees and visitors alike have had unusual encounters. There have been footsteps, banging doors, mysterious voices, windows that bang so hard that they shatter. Cold spots, strange moving lights, doorknobs that turn by themselves, and don't forget the scores of psychics who have had their own claims of phenomenon to report. Wow. Some of Sarah Winchester's loyal workmen and house servants may still be looking after the place, according to the sightings of figures or of feelings of a presence reported many times over over the years. Aww. Well, the not guide- all up there. 
still works. It seems like the only ghosts that are actually there are people that used to work there. Damn, or live that there. would suck a bunch of ass because you're sitting there and you work your whole life in this place. You're like, I'm dead, I'm gone, I'm going to heaven. And you're trapped in the motherfucking house. And then all Winchester of a sudden you wake house. up and you're sitting there just wheelbarrow and all. And Still working. Like, what the fuck? Wait, I got my 38 years was up. Girl, I'm just all right. saying. Uh, one frequent apparition is a man with a jet black hair believed to have been a former handyman. He's been seen repairing the fireplaces in the ballroom or pushing an equally spectral wheelbarrow if wheelbarrows indeed linger in the beyond down a long, dark hallway. The Ghostly Hand Several years ago, a man working on one of the many restoration projects in the mansion started his day early in a section with several fireplaces known as the Hall of Fires. The house. Oh my was- God, that is the coolest name. Fires. Hall of Fires. It's, uh, the house was dead quiet before. So yeah, the Hall of Fires, named for um, all the fireplaces that are in there. Anyways, the house was dead quiet before tours got underway and he was working up on a ladder when he felt someone tap him on the back. Oh, hello. He turned to ask what the person wanted and nobody was there. Reassuring himself he just imagined the sensation, he went back to his work, only to experience what felt like someone pushing against his back. No. Yeah. Fuck no. Says that was enough. He hurried down the ladder across the state and started another project. What did you run across? The state and started working somewhere else on this. No, 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 no. Get down off your ladder, start screaming, fucking run for your car, run to another state. (laughs) Not to another part of the estate. No. Grab your family, grab your shit, and move. Yeah, he decided he was done in the Hall of Fires for that day. Um, Sarah's room. Some say the heiress still haunts her room of her own home. Uh, legend has it that when Sarah's around, you catch the smell of roses. God, I hope not. In all honesty, I, I, I really hope not. Simply because you'd think she'd have some peace at some point. This is like somebody else um, talking about the roses. Says, legend has it that Sarah's around, you catch a smell of roses, and I was watching through this hallway in pitch black after doing a shoot, and right as I hit a cross-section of the hallway, boom, roses. I, like, copy and paste it? I don't know. Girl, I feel ya. Okay. So, Sarah's sealed room. So, there was a sealed room. Just recently discovered, right? Yep. Uh, The 1906 earthquake that destroyed San Francisco also caused serious damage to Mrs. Winchester's house. We've talked about that. In fact, she was trapped in a room until her workers were able to set her free. Deeply shaken by her experience, Mrs. Winchester had the room sealed. It stayed that way until last year when the room was open and added to tours. I can't imagine how awesome that must be because that's like a literal time capsule. Right? Says what, on, almost a century old? Yeah, exactly. It says, on one of those tours, a guide gathered participants in the room to explain the history and point out the objects found inside more than 100 years after being sealed. The guide heard a loud sigh in the hallway and went outside to bring in the straggler. She didn't find any tours, but did see a small ghostly form gliding around the corner. Oh, she was like, get out my room. The guide quickly followed. She still didn't see anyone, yet she heard another sigh. Perhaps Mrs. Winchester had used the sealed room as a refuge from tourists. All right, and then another interesting fact I found. Remember we were talking about, like, um, it was during a time where the spiritualist movement Yeah, the mediums, yeah. Yeah. Um, Harry Houdini, who was, like, famous for, like, debunking... Going in and like debunking all these things. He was the snobs of his day. He was just like, yeah. 
Um, in 1924, he visited a rambling architectural oddity in the heart of California, Silicon Valley, of course, the Winchester Mansion. And though a magician by trade, Houdini was, a devo- was devoted at this time in his life to debunking what he considered a scourge of fake spiritualists and mediums. Okay. Um, the massive estate, partially demolished by the great San Francisco earthquake of 1906, had a reputation for being haunted. And not even Houdini himself could take the sense that something inside those walls was wrong. Shake the sense that something inside those walls was wrong. Picking up some popular nicknames of the day, Houdini dubbed the building the Winchester Mystery House. So that comes from him. Okay, so that's what the... Because I was thinking to myself, wait, that's what it's called now. Yeah. Wow. And then, uh, I'm almost done here. Friday the 13th. Because of her obsession okay, with, with the, the, um, number 13. the number 13. Friday the 13th, Mrs. Winchester was said to be fascinated by the number 13. So every Friday the 13th, the bell tolls 13 <gasps> times on the 13th hour, no, 1 p.m. Oh my God, no. If you stop by to video the event, remember to check all video and photos carefully before deleting. You never know who will show up unexpectedly <sighs> in your keepsakes. So that was the story of the Winchester. Oh my God, girl. Like I said, I love that place. I think we ought to just take a total girls trip, fly out there, rent a car, maybe Definitely. hit a couple of wineries on the ways. Absolutely. I was just going to say the wine wineries. Here's a, here was a picture I found. It was like a, it's a rare picture of. Of the seven-story part? The seven-story. Yeah. I, for some reason, it always reminded me a little bit of Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Um the it's a small world because it just kind of like has that feel to it kind of almost a dutch somewhat feel although i'm only looking at a picture and i have no idea what you know but still wow wow crazy, right that's crazy so we yeah, have- i've always been pretty fascinated with winchester house but i don't always i don't look into it too too much because i actually want to be a little bit surprised, surprised. when i actually visit it well i didn't cover everything there was no so I know. much information there's still tons of it so much information about like even just like down to the details of like all the carvings on like everything like the the style of architecture like everything that she liked i didn't go into all of that it was like i found some very detailed websites okay. about like architectural style and just like all the the things that have extra 13 stuff and right. just yeah girl i those little things that i did actually catch and see but again you did a great job in covering it so there you go mostly read it <laughs> <laughs> anyway so we have another listener story okay do you perfect. want to read this one let i read actually, the last one i'm gonna let you let, read that one because i'm gonna tell you a listener uh, wow, wow, oh yeah tell me story of our own that's right so as i'm looking at this uh it wasn't so much an email as it was um, somebody just kind of, um, one of our friends IMing me about this amazing story. Right. Said it takes place in the 80s. It, he knew a girl, said it was a complete jewel heist. I'm like, no, tell me more. Okay. He starts going into it, you know, kind of has my attention little by little. And, you know, saying, you know, what kind of person she was, you know, um, so on and so forth. And then, because I felt like an... So then he sits there and he's like, and what she stole was a jewel. It was my virginity. I was like, no, you had me going. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) I actually know this person, so it makes total sense. But believe me, was I duped. (laughs) You're going to have to tell me later. 
who this person is. I mean, girl, you already know who this person is. <laughs> but, you know. Now but anyways. Know. Now I know. But you know who this person is. I know exactly who this person but is. But seriously, hook, line, sinker. I was like... <laughs> So that was my uh, email story. So, so did you like give me a listener story and he's like giving you this whole story and you're yeah, like. Yeah, pretty much. All right. So here's my okay, here, story. Let's, it's here an actual go. story. All right. <laughs> well, actually like actual story. Okay. So here's our listener story. Um, hi, Tipsy Tales gals. Here's my personal ghost story. My encounter happened at my Thea Gloria's house when I was about 10 or 11 years old. By this age, I had heard so many stories from my brothers and cousins who each had at least two or more ghostly encounters at this house. I was scared shitless every time I went over, partly because I knew of these incidents and partly because I knew if I experienced anything there, my aunt was not the sympathetic type. If you you showed any kind of fear in front of Thea Gloria, she would instill her own methods of reforming you and make you wish you had just acted tough and unafraid to begin with. Oh my God, we all have that Thea Gloria. Right? (laughs) All right, that being said, her house was the only two-story house on the block. The house was pretty big. There were four entrances into the house, and the one that spooked me out the most was the side entrance because it led straight into a long dark and plain and creepy l-shaped hallway oh no yeah all right this this hallway connected to the piano room oh a piano room swanky was well, a big that's what i'm saying was that in arizona yeah all right this hallway connected to the piano room kitchen and once you turn down the hallway there were four bedrooms and a restroom pretty long hallway my aunt kept all the lights off except the one room she was in at the time so the house was pretty much always dark she often kept the side door open and left the wrought iron screen door locked to let some light in on this particular day it was a late afternoon the sun was starting to go down and my thea and her daughter were talking in the living room I was in the living room as well, partly being nosy and listening in on their conversation. And partly <laughs> like all us girls did, right? <laughs> right. Listen to everything. Um, and partly terrified to be alone in another room in the house. As they were talking, we heard the door at the side entrance slam shut. My oh, tia no. thought it was her significant other, Rudy, coming home from work. And she called out his name. No answer. Oh, I no. was paralyzed with fear, but didn't say anything because I didn't want her to send me back, send me to check on it. Oh, God, no, huh? That, that, well, dear Gloria, we all have them. I'm telling you, they'd be like, I go check who it is. <laughs> exactly. So being silent didn't work. My Thea and cousin continued their conversation, and then we heard it again. So again, she calls out Rudy's name. No answer. She then makes me go and see if it's Rudy who came into the house from the oh, side no. entrance. Oh, no. I'm thinking it could be a ghost. It could be a burglar. It could be anything, and she's sending me, the only minor in the house, a check. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Right? Um, I, don't, I, w- I don't want my idea to know I'm afraid, so I slowly get up and start to walk across the living room. Slowly, I enter the kitchen, and I have a visual of the hallway. It is pitch black. The side door, which was open earlier, is closed shut. I step up into the threshold of the hallway and call Rudy's name. No answer. I quickly walk back to the living room, tell my Thea that he's not there. She shrugs it off nonchalantly, says it's probably just a ghost, and proceeds to tell me that I can't let them know I'm afraid, and resumes her conversation with my cousin. What the fuck? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, she knew there was ghosts in the house. 
She says, I of course am afraid. And then we hear the side door open and slam shut, open and slam shut, open and slam shut three times. Oh, no. At this point, I didn't care if my tia saw that I was afraid. I was. There was something, someone or something messing with us in her house. She then gets up, stomps to the hallway and starts swearing like a sailor. She told that ghost to get the F out of her house. She said she was not afraid of it, challenged it to try and do something to her. Nothing more happened after that day, that on that day. I guess she was right. If you don't show fear, they won't mess with you. Thank God she moved out of that house when I was in high school. (laughs) And that story is um, from Lorraine. Perfect. That's a great story, Lorraine. I love that story. Girl, we all have those theas that are like, what? Are you afraid? You can never show fear because you would just be like, you. that would be a story that would be never ending. Right, because they tell I it over and over. I remember that one time you were scared and it was nothing. <laughs> it was the wind. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't the wind. wind. They're like, you were so scared. And oh, it wasn't oh, Rudy mm-hmm, either. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> So, Lorraine, I hear you, girl. I hear you. Hats oh, off to you. You did. You were as strong as you could for as long as you could. <laughs> All right. So, that's that's pretty much what we got tonight. And we did that under two hours. Yay. <laughs> Amazeballs. Amazeballs. So, anyways, um, if anybody wants to send us their listener stories, you can email us on uh, tipsytales underscore. It's, yeah. www.tipsy underscore tales at yahoo.com. Check out our Facebook page. We have an Instagram page as well going on that we put some random stuff on there. Pictures of the wines that we're drinking. um, (laughs) That we're drinking and just sometimes some funny. So come visit us. Um, By all means, send us your stories. We'd love to hear them. We definitely love to hear them. They don't have to be from Arizona only. That just happens to be the couple that I um, actually uh, researched. Because they were kind of simultaneously going on at the same time. Ooh, I got that word out barely. You got it out? (laughs) (laughs) I think we should drink to that. Yeah. Simultaneously. Alrighty, that's our story for tonight. You guys have a good night. Have a good week. Till next time. This is Tipsy Tales. Bye. Good night.